In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and has been widely regarded as a bad move. This show will attempt to find the good, the bad, and the weird, and convey them in a seriously irreverent way. Get ready, adventurer, and as always, we apologize for the inconvenience. Hi, I'm Steven. I'm Aaron. And I'm John. So I want to start out here with a follow-up to our Silver Screen Serial Killer episode. Uh, One of our intentions behind that episode was to bring attention to the fact that the um, bus station, the downtown Union bus station that was built back in 1941, uh, is now going to be destroyed to make way for this new development at 499 Sheridan. Uh, It's not just the bus station either. It's also the Hotel Black, the Lunchbox... It's a whole city block. It's yeah. it's an entire city it's block. It's actually the last remaining block of Main Street downtown, the original right. downtown Main Street. Uh, and one of the people that was behind uh, keeping the bus station was uh, city councilman for Ward 2, Ed Shadid. And that week that we came out with that episode, he uh, presented a challenge to the destruction of the Union bus station at the Board of Adjustment meeting. Those, hap- those happen on Thursdays. And it was... Uh, I think a recommendation by the Downtown Design Review Committee saying it's okay to go ahead and tear down the bus station. and Almost like they're eager to tear stuff down. Like It doesn't really right. bother them that much. The historical stuff gets demolished. But what's interesting is about the bus station, though, is the, the city planners had actually singled out the Union bus station as uh, one of the buildings down there that was worthy of preservation because it was an example of art, modern architecture. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Rise situation when they were ripping the facade off. They found this old school Art Deco, Mm -hmm. which is also the sort of streamlined modern. Yeah, and and Etchedid and actually the the attorney that's with him, Travis Lawler, uh, were pointing out that they felt like that the process was moving uh, a little too fast. And there were some things that they were actually saying that needed to have been weighted on, like information from traffic studies uh, that, that should have come in before... Uh, this decision was made. And so now Etchadid is actually taking this one step further uh, to challenge us with the Oklahoma County District Court. And it's the first time that the demolition of a building has ever been taken in front of Oklahoma County District Court. Which is crazy considering how many buildings have been torn down. Right. And so now, following up on that, this article in the Oklahoman, uh, written by the Steve Lackmeyer, Uh, here in Oklahoma City. The headline for this article reads, Apology Issued for Unpermitted Demolition in Deep Deuce Section of Oklahoma City. It came out on March 19th, this article. I'm going to actually read to you what this article says. So it starts out, Tim Johnson, a veteran engineer with extensive experience working on downtown development projects, apologized Thursday for demolition of the entry to a deep deuce building without city permits. And then later said he still doesn't know the identity of the property owner on whose behalf the apology was issued. Walnuts LLC bought the 94-year-old former school board building at 400 North Walnut Avenue in August for $1.62 million and hired Colorado-based Venture Architecture to draw up plans to convert it into housing and offices. McNick Construction tore out the steps and entry leading up to the building but stopped demolition 
when the Oklahoman inquired with Johnson about a lack of a permit. And Thursday, Johnson was immediately challenged on the demolition before he was allowed to start the presentation on the proposed changes to the building. He said, I would love to know why, or the, the board said, I would love to know why the applicant feels like they could make such significant changes to the building without <laughs> applying to I'm do sorry. so, asked Bessie Brunstetter, chair of the committee. And he said, we stopped as soon as we saw it, and it was stopped, Johnson answered. An apology is what we have to <laughs> offer. So, so I start laughing right there at the city questioning why somebody's tearing something down. The irony of that. The- right. And actually, one of the other things, too, is when you look at what's going on with the OG&E development is now OG&E at Fort Knight Sheridan. Now they're in talks with the architects who are going to be design, designing this building. So the very first thing that they do is approve to get it torn down. So they'll go ahead and wipe it out and then talk about figuring what's going to go in there. Right, which is exactly what happened at Stage Center across the right. street. It's gone and nothing's happening. And it's on hold. They're worried about finances redesigning. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous. It feels like history repeating itself. And uh, the attorney, Travis Lawler, he was making some of the same arguments that they made with Stage Center because they challenged that as well on the Oklahoma Capital Savings and loan building and that got torn down also right it's just out of control i mean there's this kind of i don't even know what to say yeah it's uh you know we try to preserve these older buildings and the city comes along and gives permission just to freewheeling destruction of everything that should be preserved and then somebody goes along and starts destroying something without getting the city's permission and the city wants to know what right do you have to destroy the front of this building right. which has historical significance oh we're like sorry a bunch of hypocrites <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so one of the other places that we had talked about in that episode of course was the tower theater right. and a perfect example of a very significant historical building that has been on the verge of being torn down for decades, really, different people have tried to do things. There's been money, there's been support, and now it finally looks like the right guys are there and have it and are going to absolutely resurrect this thing. And well, when it comes out, I mean, it's going to prove it is going to be the poster child for this whole thing. Is it's it's I going agree. to be an amazing if it does nothing else than show movies, it's going to be an amazing fixture and an amazing experience to have absolutely. that back. Yeah, and it's it's progress is already moving forward. They've done quite a bit of demolition inside. And of course, as we all know, that the towers lit up, or this tower sign is lit up almost every weekend. Yeah. But it was kind of a centerpiece in uh, an urban adventure that we had this weekend. We had a couple of urban adventures this weekend, but the the biggest one was uh, this Sunday, uh, March twenty second, was the second annual Open Streets OKC event. I had a chance to speak with Matt Rawls. Hi, how's it going out there? And he told me a little bit about Uptown 23rd and Open Streets. Uh, Currently, I'm the president of the Uptown 23rd District Association. This is our second year, so uh, the Open Streets group came to us and said, hey, we're looking for a long uh, area of uh, stretch of road that we can have this Open Streets event for healthy lifestyles. And uh, we began a partnership a year, about a year ago. So this is the second year in a row to have the event. You can see all the people that are out here. I think last year there were 30,000 uh, people. This year, I think we're definitely over 40,000 people. So we're excited that, uh, and we think this event will last for a long time to come. For the Open Streets event, we actually brought out our parklet. 
Uh, we created it uh, for uh, annual parking day, but we thought it was a great event for uh, the kids and families to come out here and, and enjoy the parklet on Open Streets Day. It's, it's amazing. We've got everything from line dancing to Zumba to uh, bicycle rides for the kids where the kids can wind through a bicycle track. Uh, and then, of course, everybody's just uh, encouraged to get out and be active, you know, walk the district from uh, one end of the district to the other end. And so it's, it's actually kind of twofold. It's helping people get healthy, uh, get out and enjoy the beautiful weather, but it's also a great opportunity to see all the uh, exciting businesses. I don't think many people know, but since 2012, about 42 new businesses have actually entered right. the Uptown 23rd District. I actually had no idea there were that many new businesses in either. the last years. I mean, I knew there was a lot of stuff going on down there, but 42 in three years, that's... That's some serious growth. That's ridiculous. And there's probably 42 more coming. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and if they keep doing open streets here and bringing 40,000 people, even if it's once a year, that's that's an enticement enough to open a business down there. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, I had a chance to speak with uh, Megan from the Oklahoma City Riversport Adventures down at the Boathouse District. I actually coordinate most of the adult rowings. We have classes starting in May for rowing, and kayak has started in March. So I had my daughter down there with me. I spent quite a time, quite a bit of time with um, that group of people down there because they had a, a whole row of what appeared to be rowing machines and kayak machines. They look like exercising machines but machines that simulated the movements that you would make if you're rowing on the river or kayaking on the river. Yeah, these are just our basic indoor rowing machines. So in the winter, when crews are not on the water, they'll actually hop on these and get some, some strength work in. But it, it, well, it's not just rowing machines that they have down there that, that help you practice rowing and kayaking, which you can do on the river um, with various classes that they offer. But they have a, like a wide variety of public adventures and a, and a range of all these different packages and passes that give you access to, to these activities that they have down there. Uh, the Oklahoma River for kids and adults, we've got our Sky Trail, which is an 80-foot tall ropes course. Uh, attached to that is our zip line. We have a slide on it, the rumble drop. Uh, we have rentals as far as kayaks, stand-up paddle boards. Yeah, I've been down there. I actually have been on the Sky Trail and done the rumble drop. I didn't get to do the zip line, but um, I mean, it was it was fun and it was cheap too. I mean, I, they have a some kind of a day pass. I think you can get it's like thirty five bucks. And then for an additional fifteen bucks, you get to do everything, including the zip line. Get to go up on the Sandridge Sky Trail and head out in a kayak or a stand-up paddleboard, even a dragon boat if it's available. Yeah, and the dragon boat, that sounded immediately like something I wanted to do because the, the dragon boat, just the, the images that I got in my head, like, what is a dragon boat? Dragon boat is another paddle sport, so 10 or 20 people will hop in a boat and they'll all paddle along with a drummer keeping time. Yeah, so after I got done speaking with, uh, with Megan, and I had already tried the rowing machines myself, but uh, when I got done talking to her, I turned around and every rowing machine, there, there's a kid on it that's uh, practicing rowing. Uh, there were some other people there representing Oklahoma River Sports that were helping these kids get on these machines and teaching them how to do it. And I got to speak to one little girl who was, she had been rowing away for quite a while. Maddie. And uh, Maddie had been rowing on there for, it had to have been at least several minutes. I saw her rowing on there before I was even done talking with, Matt, or with Megan. Um, seven minutes. Seven minutes in... 14 seconds. Seven minutes and 14 seconds to be exact. Right. She was keeping track because I had a little monitor up there for exactly how long she had been on there. Um, but while I, had, uh, while I was rowing on there and talking to Megan, um, I, I had already passed a Petria 23 and they had a live band out, but um, I could hear a couple of buskers that were just to the west of me. And so when I, when I got down there rowing, I built up a little bit of a sweat 
I took a break, was drinking some water, walking down the street, walking down the middle of 23rd, uh, when I came up on Casey and Mina, and they're with Honky Tonk Stepchild, they played a, a little bit of folk for me. Square dancing. Thanks again to Casey and Mina for playing a little bit of folk music there that you just heard. You can uh, find Casey and Mina at their website, caseyandmina.com, C-A-S-E-Y-A-N-D-M-I-N-N-A. Uh, their Instagram, at Honky Tonk Stepchild. You can find them on Twitter, at Casey and Mina, and Facebook, Casey and Mina. That's awesome. Busking is actually something that's uh, becoming... It, it, it's trying to become a new trend because we have all these festivals and things. And even H and eighth, um, is doing buskers, uh, at ACM, we actually have buskers that go into the thunder games and they play inside the arena. And it's interesting because I was talking to a Jen Maynard from cellar door music group. And we had this long conversation about busking because it's, it's really torn because people don't real, the musicians don't realize that you actually have to go get a license to be a busker. You can't just, go and set up on a street corner and if you do it in front of a business you have to get written permission from the business but uh it's something that if you're a musician and you should really go and look into getting your busking license from the city and come out and be a part of these things it's awesome to walk down the street and just here's casey and mina just jamming away and yeah i ran into them in several locations i had uh, basically they started at uh at western um where the embark bus was um and they just traveled east down to robinson stopping in several locations and, ju- and just playing songs for everybody. Um, so that when I caught up with them to listen to them and they played that little song for me, um, I was actually standing right in front of Anytime Fitness, which is our gym. You know, me and John and Steven have all joined Anytime Fitness, and they had a table set up encouraging people to come in and get a gym membership because I believe Anytime Fitness is the only gym. There's a couple of yoga studios, but Anytime is the only gym yeah. that you can join that's in Uptown. And so they were uh, they, they had a drawing for uh, a free year membership, but my personal trainer, Christina, works there. So I had to stop in and, and check in on Christina and Sam. Sam is the manager. She's, she's great. Um, but uh, Sam was wonderfully busy signing up uh, new people with gym memberships. So uh, I, I spoke with Christina a little bit. Christina Ayub, trainer here. And so Christina's been my, my personal trainer for quite a while. Um, oh, I guess two months, but man, it seems like it's been quite a while. Um, but Anytime Fitness, they offer more than just personal training. There's, there's, a, there's a new variety of classes, of group classes coming up, um, like their boot camp. We are doing a six-week uh, boot camp challenge. It is three nights a week, two times a day. Um, so that starts tomorrow, actually. And then other, th- other than that, there's yoga and small group training classes. Which tomorrow would actually be today if when this airs, because this was Sunday. So. Right, March so March 23rd, 23rd will be yeah. the beginning of the first boot camp. I did a couple of uh, free trial classes, and yeah, it deserves the name boot camp. 
Um, but a boot camp, personal training, or, or just a couple of reasons to join a gym. Like, there's, there's a huge variety of reasons that somebody might want to join a gym. Everybody needs something different, you know, whether that's flexibility or, you know, they just want to gain gain muscle, you know. So it's it's good for direction. You know, if you come in here and you don't know what to do exactly, a trainer is great for direction and um, keeps you safe, you know, protects yourself from going into a lunge or a squat wrong. So it's it's important to have good form. So that's just a little bit of the variety of, of personal training and uh, various transportation options that exist here in Oklahoma City. Um, you should definitely go out and, and get yourself a gym membership. Go to the YMCA. They were a big sponsor of Open Streets OKC. Go down to the Boathouse District and try out kayaking and canoeing. Yeah, the Boathouse District is fantastic. Uh, and, and it's only growing so we, we went out on the streets and it picked up a few interviews of the people who were in charge of Open Streets OKC and some of the, some of the groups of people who were, um, who were promoting themselves and helping promote a healthy lifestyle. Um, but I just want to give a little bit more background on Open Streets OKC because, again, this was only the second annual yeah, one. And we only talked about like three of the like 500 right. things that were going on out there. And it's, this was basically a mile. And both sides of the street had, had people promoting their various you know lifestyles whether it be yoga biking well there was a even though we're talking about all the healthy lifestyle options that are available one of the cool things that was down there was um chess so there was a section where there were probably four or five folding tables set up that each had two chess boards on it and people were sitting out there playing chess yeah that was from uh, the the wilson wise wolves the wilson grade school that's right down there in uptown at uh, 22nd and walker um, but I just wanted to give you a, a, the quick synopsis of, of how Open Streets describes themselves because this is such a unique idea. And I don't know if many people take the time to go visit the website and kind of read a, a program's example of what they're searching for. So I just wanted to share this with you. Open Streets OKC is a local health and wellness project. We believe active transportation, like biking or walking from point A to point B, promotes healthier residents with closer ties to their community. At our events, we reclaim part of a busy street for a few hours for non-motorized activity. Everyone attending is invited to walk, bike, skate, or board while they meet local business owners and celebrate the unique charm of a historic Oklahoma City neighborhood, which is true. There were people on roller skates, quad roller skates. They were on inline skates, yeah. bicycles. I started out walking and then went back yeah. and got my bike because, man, it was just awesome. Yeah, it definitely feels like a, it's 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 a bikeable event. A bike would be a great thing so, to have down so there. So not only that, there's local food and activities with wellness tips from health professionals. Um, it looks like a block party or a parade. Its purpose, however, is permanent change. The more residents who choose active transportation, the greater push for more accessible communities. That means healthier Oklahomans, more foot traffic for the local economy, and an active interest in shaping the areas we call home. It won't so, happen overnight, but with our help, we hope to create lasting, tight-knit neighborhoods across our city. Who are we? The OKC County Health Department's Wellness Now Coalition. We organize Open Streets OKC biannually together with several of our member organizations, including the Association of Oklahoma, Central Oklahoma Governments, Neighborhood Alliance of Central Oklahoma, and the YMCA of Greater Oklahoma City. So just to wrap up, because I, I spent all day down there. I started at 11, and I walked until 4. I started um, at Western, where they had an Embark bus. You know, they now have night transportation. They gave us a whole tour of the new buses which are absolutely beautiful. That's an alternative form of transportation. Of course, the OKC Boathouse District, you can find them on Twitter at uh, OKCBHD and their website, boathousedistrict.org. Uh, Spokies was down there uh, with uh, you know, I rental love Spokies. bikes. Spokies is rental bikes that have various stations around Oklahoma City. 
And of course, YMCA, there, YMCA was there offering yoga, Tai Chi, the OKC bike bar. Um, of course, they weren't serving alcohol, but the bike bar was there where, you know, four or five people sit on each side of this large vehicle and it's powered by all of them bicycling it. Yeah, that's um, normally in Bricktown. You can actually get beer right. on it when you're in Bricktown. So you can just ride around Bricktown on this multi-person bike and drink. And I had multiple bags in my hands filled with swag. Um, there was hula hooping, jump ropes, bouncing castles, group classes of dancing. There were tug of wars. And then the food trucks were out there in mass. You had everything from mutts, mob grill, um, chicken and wings, the, the s'mores place. There was a snow cone stand and all the bars that are up and down there in the restaurants, Pizza 23, Gaiutes for the first time was serving food. Um, that bar is going to be incredible when it opens. And then, of course, you had Pump, Gusto, Granddad's, Guernsey Park. Um, everybody was out there. Tucker's is down there. Uh, yeah. And what yeah, was I incredible? actually went and had a Tucker's. Tucker's they now do bacon. Oh, Tucker's now has bacon? Yeah, so I Fantastic. went down there and got a single with bacon. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. And then, of course, right, and then Granddad's. So uh, the wide variety of everything to choose from. And I could just tell from watching Backdoor everybody, That's another one. everybody walking around down there that everybody's personal experience was a little bit different just because there's yeah. no way to just convey to you the amount of stuff that was available. And, and you only had four hours to experience it all. And it, what's crazy to me, too, is I was, I was only there for a couple, maybe two hours, and it was crazy how many people were there. I mean, obviously there were 40,000 people there, but like I kept running into people that we knew in the community, like the owners of these places were Ian and Haley from the pump or right. Ian was scootering up and down the street on his razor. And, <laughs> you know, we ran into, um, a number of people. Uh, we actually met, um, Valona Michael, who's the, I believe the marketing person for uptown 23rd. Right. Um, and she kind of talked to us for a little bit and was just super nice. And, it, it's interesting to me to see these people. We ran actually into Phil Maytubby from the OKC County Health Department, which, as you're saying earlier, is one of the driving forces behind this. Yes. So I mean, these—it's not just one of these events too that somebody is in a dark office somewhere planning. Like they're all coming out and experiencing this stuff, and so going out and doing this is just a great way to not only experience the stuff and be healthy and mobile, but meet the people in your neighborhoods and yeah. Well, one of the things that Valona was talking to us about was Uptown 23rd's Uncorked. Yeah, Uptown's 23rd, it's called Uptown 23rd, or no, it's just called Uptown Uncorked. And that's on April 2nd. It's April 2nd, it's their second annual fundraiser, um, and it's going to be at the Oklahoma History Center. They still have tickets available, Uh, I think it's like 40 bucks, but they're going to have like beverage tastings from local beverage manufacturers, I don't know if that's going to be exactly like... Probably some breweries, probably some local coffee shops, things like that. Um, that's from 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock or 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock for the general public. You can buy a VIP ticket for 65 bucks, um, and it all goes to benefits or the proceeds benefit Uptown. I know they're doing a silent auction for some things, and I know that some of that happens to be some of the original seating they pulled out of the Tower Theater. How is it really? They're either yeah. auctioning it off or they're giving it away in a raffle or something like that. And I think they've got the KOCO news team emceeing that yeah. night. Um, you never know. Maybe near the end of the evening, you know, who knows what will happen. Maybe somebody else. Maybe somebody else pops on stage. And, and that Oklahoma, the Oklahoma History Center, of course, is over there on uh, 23rd Street, just east of Broadway on the north side of 23rd there, uh, north of the state capitol. 
So yeah, I mean, we've had quite a oh. adventurous weekend. I am exhausted. Yeah, that was so. This was our second Tired. urban adventure this weekend. Yeah, the um, only reason so, that we're even functioning right now is we've had almost between the three of us in the last the hour pot, two the most, pots. It's the most coffee that I've drank in like the past month. It's, it's, we finished it is, this bag of micro. It is lot. not the most coffee I've drank in the past month, but it it is quite a lot. In fact, I'm closing in on how much I drank yesterday because. We, Aaron, you and I spent some time on the caffeine crawl. Yes. Um, if you haven't heard about caffeine crawl, it's actually uh, it's brought to us by uh, an out of state marketing firm. But it's these guys that go around; they're beverage marketers. It's called the Lab. They don't really push themselves so much. It's mostly about the caffeine crawl. But what they're doing is really awesome because they're they specifically market craft beverages, craft food. Like so, they're they're from Kansas City, and they have kind of a similar culture like we do right now, popping up of. Places like Ludovine, which is farm to table, and Elemental that's roasting their own coffee and doing all this stuff. And so they do these caffeine crawls where they basically get with every coffee shop and they, they focus on local. We're not talking Starbucks, we're talking locally owned coffee shops or roasters or even coffee trucks or buses. Um, and they organized these routes, and there was like six, I think, six or seven routes. Yeah, some started in Norman, some started in Oklahoma City. Yeah, this is the third year they've done it, and that was actually new. Usually it was just isolated Oklahoma City, but these guys really wanted to like embrace, because the coffee culture is expanding Yeah, my, my tour ended in Edmond. It started in Elemental, yeah. ended in Edmond. And a friend of ours, Michelle Bowie, a local publicist, is got me hooked up as a tour guide this year, because she knew, you know, I, I, if you've listened to our show, we've talked about Elemental countless times in fact we're drinking two pots of elemental micro lot right now my favorite um which is why we're all <laughs> wired um so i actually started my route in norman at gray owl went from gray owl to syrup which i'd never been to either of those places because i don't get to norman that often yeah, I'd both never heard of them were of awesome then came up and hit kitchen 324 and cuppies and joe and Obviously, we ended at Elemental, but actually one of the highlights of my route, and I think you went there too, was we got a sneak peek at the new Junction Coffee, coffee Junction. Bus. Coffee Junction. And um, it's actually a double-decker <laughs> bus that these two people imported. Nick and Lori, super Invented sweet. double-decker bus from the UK. They are totally committed to this thing. They imported this from the UK. It came into the East Coast. They traveled to the East they Coast. They drove it from Norfolk it. to Oklahoma City. To Oklahoma Over five City, five days. It and the other thing they mentioned during our visit there was the top speed of that bus is forty-five miles yeah. an hour, <laughs> and it does not look like a comfortable seat at all. No. And so, <laughs> and of course, the, the driver's side's on the right side. So right, so it's it's all European and flipped, um, and they've been renovating it now for like a year and a half, I think. Yeah, um, and they're still not done with it, but it's looking fantastic. They had redone the upper deck and turned it like into a small coffee bar on the upper deck. Like so, downstairs is the kitchen, and you go upstairs and. And it's just going to become another fixture at all these food truck events. You'll, you'll see it at H&H. They'll be parked at Blue Garden. They'll do private events and anywhere they can actually drive. Do they drive serve food those. or is it just coffee? Uh, They're going to serve gourmet toast. Gourmet toast. Gourmet toast? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they actually, it's awesome. They got they got local bread from Par- Prairie Thunder Bakery. Prairie Thunder, okay. And they were toasting it and they put some kind of like cream cheese spread and they, or and something. And a slice of cucumber. And a slice of cucumber with some salt and pepper or some other seasoning on it. It was actually really good. Like, I'm not usually into that kind of but thing. But what's the cut? Co- they're they're going to exclusively serve what is Mariposa, it? Mariposa. Mariposa. Which is another local roaster. Um, that was something else I learned getting to do this tour was I, st- I learned more about the coffee culture than I'd even realized. I mean, yeah. we have Topeka coffee out of Tulsa roasting, Mariposa, Elemental's obviously roasting. I just I didn't realize Coffee Slingers was roasting now, too. They, they, no. did, they weren't roasting. Is Mariposa here in Oklahoma City? I don't know that it's in Oklahoma. I don't know where it's I'm at, not sure. but I know it's Oklahoma. 
No, um, it was a cool event. I had I had never heard of it. So when uh, when you started talking about it, I didn't get very motivated to involve myself in it. So I didn't bother buying tickets, and it sold out. They sold. They said it was one of the fastest sellouts that, yeah, that they've had for um, a city's caffeine crawl. The two guys from Kansas City that came and organized it, Jason and Michael, I had a chance to. We went to Okinawa Friday night before, and they kind of gave me the sort of debriefing session and or briefing session, I guess, since it was beforehand. Um, but that's what they were telling me is like it's the fastest it's ever sold out. And another crazy thing he said is usually, strangely enough, at these crawls in other cities, like only seventy percent or so of the tickets are to locals. Usually they've got like twenty to thirty percent people out of state. He was like like ninety five percent were locals. He was like, We're seeing Oklahoma City be so loyal to their coffee <laughs> culture that it's kind of crazy because they got a ton of people asking for tickets. It well, was sold out really great. quick. Well, yeah, so um I didn't get tickets to it, but Stephen, you you won tickets to it. Yeah, Elemental had was doing a giveaway and show us your favorite coffee mug, and so I tweeted him a picture of my Goonies coffee mug, <laughs> um, and they apparently Never liked that. Die. Well, Stephen gave the winning tickets to me and John, and so I got up that morning, and uh, John was a big gardener, so he had some gardening work to do that morning, so I just took off. I just left with the two tickets by myself and went down to Elemental, where my route was to begin. And uh, Stephen was down in Norman, so I just went by myself. I didn't even know who was going to be there. So I arrive early enough that I see, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I wish I would have written his name down, but uh, the guy who was kind of in charge of the whole event, I saw him. That's set- probably Jason. I think that sounds right. Because um, I, I think he was leading route too. Yes. Well, no, Michelle read, Michelle oh, led no, my right. route, and then uh, the guy that I'm talking about led route one. Oh, and that was Michael then. Michael. Um, but when I got there, there were there were two guys that I was standing beside, and yeah, they asked what... Michael if there were any more tickets available. He said, "I'm sorry, man, we we are sold out." And he goes, "Well, he goes, I have a ticket, but my friend doesn't. He thought I was buying him one, and I thought he bought his. So we both show up this morning, and he doesn't have a ticket, so we're short a ticket." And I went down there with an extra ticket because John decided to garden, and I said, "Here you go." And he goes, "Are you serious? I can have that ticket?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, let me at least pay you for it." I said, no, just enjoying the caffeine crawl. Just take the ticket. So he introduced himself to me. His name was Tim. And yeah. uh, then I joined Tim and, uh, and his buddy. And we went and started our caffeine crawl together, which started with some cold, with Elemental's cold brew. They did the start sparkling cold yes, brew? Yes, it started with sparkling cold <laughs> brew. <laughs> that is the craziest thing. When I first heard about that, I heard about it last year when they were doing it. And I was like, that sounds kind of gross, actually. It did sound gross at first. And, and then, then we got drink. a goodie bag that had a little bottle of it in there. Oh, yeah. You got the little yeah. bottle. That was limited. Those were randomly placed oh, well, throughout oh, the so bag. That was a treat. I took a picture then. If you could do that, the hashtag caffeine crawl, you can see some of the pictures that we posted from was that. Was yeah. like the, the sparkling cold brew? Is that like caf- or, um, carbonated coffee? Well, it's, it's the, what they do is they take the cold brew and then they pour a sparkling water into right. it. Um, cold brew. It. Cold brew, you can, I learned this too. You can actually brew that two different ways. You can brew it like, straight drinkable or you can brew it as a concentrate which you then pour over ice which i think is what those little bottles were right and and that's what they were do so they take the cold brew concentrate and i think it's like a two-thirds sparkling water to one-third concentrate and it's it's like a soda but with coffee and you put a little simple syrup in there and sweeten it up a little bit it i mean it's almost like that vanilla bean soda that we we tried one time that's just fantastic but yeah, it's crazy what you can do with coffee. And another thing I learned is depending on how you cold brew or how you pour over or drip or whatever, you can change the nature of the coffee too. So a lot of these roasters now are actually roasting specifically for cold brew, and then they tailor the cold brew process to tweak the 
the notes and the flavors coming out like it, it's almost as crazy as wine. In fact, I think it's probably crazier than yeah, wine because they started talking about uh, you know the the ta- the flavor notes, the taste notes, whatever. Yeah. Their description of the flavors that you could get out of this coffee was very much like a wine tasting class yeah. or wine tasting course. Well, when we were at three twenty four too. Um, Jason, the the guy there that was doing the presentation was telling everybody to like, oh, make sure you 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 smell it first. And when you when you when you take your breath, inhale through both your nose and your mouth and exhale the same way. That way you can taste the the aromas. And I was just sitting there looking like So it's a good thing you've done your yoga classes. It was then. Like, when I went to this wine tasting little thing once, like you're telling me the same thing as like swirling around, looking well, at the, legs. The wrong and, guy from the when we did the the spirits tasting, he was almost talking that way about this yeah. the vodka samples that we tried. Yeah. So, yeah, needless to say, we've had quite an adventurous weekend of caffeine-fueled outdoor chaos, almost. <laughs> caffeine, sun. Um, another fun thing that it. I did at Uptown was we uh, I brought my, my drone out, oh, yeah. took some cool aerial videos and photos the, of the tower up, and up, the pump. So um, Great stuff. We might have the Wafty Twitter account retweet that stuff or something. Absolutely. Um, so you guys can find it. But if you search op- hashtag open streets, you'll find some of that and... And both these things, um, it's at Open Streets OKC is the official Twitter account for Open Streets here. Um, Uptowns is at Uptown Twenty Third. Uh, the Caffeine Crawl is at Caffeine Crawl. Um, so follow these accounts and and find their websites and check it out. I mean, if you if you like coffee at all, or you don't know if you like coffee, go on this thing next year because it's going to be awesome. They're actually trying to do a bike route next year. Yeah, it would have been cool to do. A bike route because so many of these places are, are very close to each other. Well, and so there's just a, maybe maybe if they just set up a spoky stand or so that's I can actually go what rent I, a spoky I was, bike for two bucks. I was and, talking to Jason um, before he left, and I was telling him that if he does the bike route next year, that I want to, I'd be glad to do that tour well, because from now, if you look at even the routes we were on from Cuppies and Joe to um, the one of the new stores that's opening that's going to make this possible is the Urban Tea House in the Rise. Yep. So from Cuppies and Joes to the Urban Tea House, you bike down Walker. And then something will probably hit open Elemental. up in Midtown. Well, yeah, Elemental's, El- in, yeah, Elemental's in Midtown. Elemental's in Midtown. You can head over to Coffee Slingers on Automobile Alley. Kitchen. And then uh, Kitchen 324 is in between there. And then down on in the, one of the new parking garages off of uh, <laughs> Hudson and Maine. <laughs> one of the 12 parking garages? Yeah. Hudson and Maine. Uh, <laughs> there's a new coffee shop opening called Clarity Coffee. Yes. Um, it's actually Steven, who's the current roaster for Elemental. He's opening his own shop down there. So you'll be able to end down there, and then who knows if another shop will open up somewhere. But that little bike ride, I mean, I ride that basically going to work. So that's nothing to do on bikes. But yeah, partner with Spokies, and everybody well, rides Spokies from Cuppies and Joe. Well, I mean, Spokies brought that portable rack out to open streets. Well, yeah, and, and Elemental also. should support that because Elemental is also a big supporter of, of biking. You know, they have their own biking team. Like Yeah, DNA Racing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, we're both caffeinated and exhausted. Yeah, so. I could almost go back to the pump for another wind down. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So we'll wrap it up. Um, as always, we need to thank Joshua Path for the use of our theme song, Cement Truck, off the album Between Heaven and Jonestown. That's available on iTunes, CD Baby, and anywhere the internet can be found. That was recorded, of course, by Kurt PR. Kurt's, Kurt's awesome. awesome. So, again, every week we come out with a new episode on Monday. You can find us www.waftyshow.com. It's W-A-F-T-I. We're on Twitter and Instagram, at Wafty Show, Facebook, slash Wafty Show. We're on SoundCloud.com, slash Wafty Show. It's pretty easy. I tried to make all those accounts the same. 
And remember, you guys, as you go out on your urban adventures, make sure you take care of those who take care of you. You're going to meet a lot of uh, waiters, waitresses, bartenders, various wait staff. Make sure you tip these guys properly. Make sure you take care of those who take care of you. And just on a side note, I know we mentioned Josh Peth every episode. He just did a new show at Genghis Cohen's in L.A. where he uh, released some new songs that we've never heard before. So make sure you go check out his Facebook page, Joshua Path, and uh, hear some of his new songs. So, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, guys. You get the whiskey, baby. I'll get the wine now.